Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 231 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, uh, Commander Phoenix Defire, that is Chief Librarian Archivist of Lave Station, otherwise known as Colin Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder Bar for this episode, we have our Head of Health and Safety, Ben Moss Woodward, Commander Adler Weiss. I'm at a, well, it was a cross, but positions have moved, so I'm now at a wonky cross. Okay, we have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Lavian Space Program Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening. We have our Deputy Trade Attaché, Commander Souverine. What up? We have uh, Commander Ventura helping us out on tech in the background. Just imagine him waving if he doesn't say anything. Uh, and we have a couple of guests with us today. We have Commander Ray Tracer, otherwise who wants to be known as Mr. Plow. I was going to say that exact same thing. You beat me to it. Hello. <laughs> and, also, and also, we have with us um, the, the queen of Lavecom, her who should be obeyed. Hello, Karen. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> so, if you wish, you can join us. We're hanging out in games somewhere. Ben, where are you lot all hanging out? Um, I am at a well, it's a, a triple neutron star out in the back of beyond, which goes by the 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 system's name, not the crux, but that's what it's called. So um, there, you, there you go. If you want to say hello to Ben, that's where he is. Good luck finding him. It's a very big galaxy out there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, okay, if, if anyone wants to find me, I'm in the Nuki AA-AH52 system. Nice. And I am in open, for the time being. Okay, well, good luck with that then. So, if you can't get to us in-game, we're also on our Twitch Chats channel, which you can access through laveradio.com slash live. Click on the live chat. And, of course, we're live at twitch.tv slash laveradio. So... Um, what we'll do is we will quickly go around uh, everybody, see how they've been for the last week, uh, and then um, we'll quickly have a word with Karen. Because, as you know, the LaveCon tickets went on sale approximately how long ago, Karen? Uh, half an hour ago, about 8 o'clock. <sighs> about 8 o'clock. And how many of them have we got left? Uh, well, no gold or platinum. No, we've we've sold out of those ones. We've got lots of bronze and silver. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll, wow, it guys. Is, yeah, I know. Half an hour. I think that might be a new record. I, you know, I think last year it was about forty-five minutes. But having said that, it is only the first batch. So we'll we'll fill you in on all the details of where we're going from here. Yeah. So um, quickly going around the table, then we'll start with uh, Commander Stoverine. Have you been for the last week? Oh great, thanks. Um, I've been, um, I've mainly been uh, trying to get my combat mamba ready. So I've been uh, doing loads and loads of engineering. Um, so lots of trawling around planets, uh, shooting at rocks, lots of um, randomly scanning ships to get wake signals and things. Lots of visiting engineers uh, i now have a to-do list that's about 25 points long and i reckon i'll probably be doing this for the next eight months something like that Ooh, ooh, okay commander kurgle we haven't had you about for a while how you been yeah i've been good i'm finally 
caught up with all my school work so I can play video games again, which is fun. And I've been taking the opportunity to trawl around filling my coffers up with gold from mining and also skimming all the new Guardian ruins for engineering stuff. That's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, ben, well, what have you been up to this week? Okay, so yeah, I've been up to quite a fair bit in game. Um, I've been doing, you know, I'm still items this and was too, obviously, enough. And way back in during John to Jackson 3202 or whatever it is, so three years ago, I went off and I found an Earth-like world and a water world one, and it was just a nice little system. Um, and I saw I was about 3,000 light years away from it, so I thought, hey, I'm going to fly out there and I will map all my planets properly using the new stuff rather than the old stuff. Um, so I did that, and then I flew back to Rahini, which is about another three and a bit light years away from that place, but it's a proper starport that I can actually dock up at and do things. And then after that, I thought I'm going to go off and use the Neutron Highway to get back to where I should be by now. And whilst I was in the middle of doing that, quite happily using the Neutron Highway, something happened, and the universe hiccuped, and then the next thing I realized, I was in the middle of a Neutron Star, and I couldn't escape... And my everything was just going down and down and down, and uh, ev- eventually mistakes were made, and I died. Um, now, sadly, I also had a wanted. I was wanted for three hundred credits because my SRV was trespassing whilst I was out looking for brandy, and that went off and actually sent me to a prison, kind of halfway from where I was meant to be t- to Colonia. But I did go off and take the opportunity. That then basically left me near this system, which is really rather beautiful. So I thought, sod it, I'm going to go off and blaze my own trail, ignore the, ignore this week's waypoints, and I'm going to find my own things, which I've gone off and done. And I found this. I didn't find it. It was already in existence, and it was known, but I thought, that looks pretty. I'm going to go there. Excellent. Uh, Commander Shan. How have you been this week? I've been very busy this week. Um, distance worlds-wise, I'm at waypoint five already. Having after having a sort of detour around, um, sold up my data for this particular leg. So I'm now on my way to waypoint five and a half, which is my own waypoint, approximately. Um, halfway to where I think the next waypoint is going to be. Um, so either that gives me a really short week next week, or I start from a point that's different from everyone else, so therefore I get more discoveries. Excellent. So, so uh, out of game, um, the office is very nearly done. Uh, my custom-made paint racks have arrived, so I've got to fill them up tomorrow so that's all done and at the weekend uh mrs shan and i decided to go and see the new lego movie oh right not how to train your dragon then no we just fancied the lego movie because we really enjoyed the first one uh yeah. and it was and it was on a whim um so i wish what should we do this tonight oh let's go and see the lego movie so yeah we enjoyed it um i think the it's it has it's as good as the first one 
apart from, I'm not getting any spoilers here, apart from if you've watched the first Lego movie and you watch Lego Batman and you've watched the Ninjago thingy, you kind of now know what to expect from a Lego movie. So that kind of element of surprise isn't there. Right, gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, we, we enjoyed it, and it's it's the dialogue in it is so fast paced. You're going to have to watch it again just to pick up all of the pop culture references and stuff in it. But yeah, it, we enjoyed it. Excellent, um, Mr. Plough, Commander Ray Tracer, whichever you wish to to refer to yourself. <laughs> um, how have you been for the last week or so? Oh, uh, pretty well, thank you. Um, this past week. Uh, there hasn't been as much time for me to play uh, to play the game, uh, so I have fallen behind a bit in the uh, in the expedition. This past week, we decided to try and sleep train our six month old daughter, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, knock on wood, actually things are going quite well. Of course, now that I've said that, it'll all go to go to hell. But <laughs> but but everything has has gone well so far. Um, it's just it, it hasn't left me hasn't left me a whole lot of extra time. Yes, um, it's that control so I, crying by any chance. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of. It's uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, ferberization. Um, oh, 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 that's a that's probably a new swanky term for something we already yeah, do. <laughs> probably, yeah. Where it's you basically you you've got intervals where you go in to check on them when they're crying, mm-hmm. and the intervals get longer and longer, and eventually they learn to soothe themselves. Yeah. Uh, yes. It it worked out quite well actually, uh, and we're wondering now why we didn't do it with our first daughter. But uh, yeah, we um, did that with our yeah. second, with our second son. That's that's what we did. Um, we, cause we've done it with all of ours. We just ignore the little buggers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, with our with our, with our eldest son, we kind of did that because uh, the house we were in at the time had a downstairs guest room and downstairs bathroom and stuff like that. And uh, one, one night, um, our, our our eldest, I think he was about three months old at the time, two or three months old at the time. And uh, anyway, he um, he had this cough, so we gave him some Tixie Licks, which supposedly sends children to sleep. Did it heck in his case? It made him cry and cry and cry oh. and cry until we just nothing would work. So in the end, we put him in his cot, shut the door, and went downstairs and left him. <laughs> and the thing was, though, he was perfect. You know, he'd been fed. He was naturally nappy. It was just this thing that upset his stomach. Mm. Right, right. Um, so we're now the DIY and Dad podcast. So uh, we'll get around <laughs> to the space game eventually. Uh, personally, myself, I have been uh, running around uh, dealing with Thargoid scouts because everybody else is away. Um, basically scanning distant worlds. So I'm making sure there's a bubble for you all to come back to. Hashtag, you're welcome. And we thank thank you for it. Yes, it's appreciated. (laughs) Colin, you now do need to sing You're Welcome from Moana. Uh, (laughs) You know, that's one of those Disney films I haven't actually seen yet. It's actually, oh. I actually quite enjoyed it. Oh, no. Now we're talking Disney movies. <laughs> this is definitely the bad podcast, isn't it? Oh, and Toy Story 4 uh, is coming out soon as well. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, so we've had a Lego movie too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and yes, yeah, so basically I've been running around to the Crate Mark 2 
the crates got when dealing with um, a lot of uh, flying saucers and finding out that even the crates got can't handle the interceptors because I'm not very good up against interceptors. So, um, and finally, the last member here is, of course, Karen from uh, uh, LaveCon. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. So it's been a, a busy couple of weeks for you getting all these tickets and, and organising a lot of um, hotel rooms, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I've been running a little bit behind because I foolishly fractured my shoulder at the start of January. Wasn't yes. my wasn't my finest hour, I have to have to say, but never mind. Moving swiftly on. <laughs> well, we know we, you didn't throw yourself down the, the, the stairs on purpose. No, no, it was it was definitely an accident. I was trying to creep really quietly and not switch any lights on, so I didn't wake my brother's um, children up. Ah. Yeah, might might have woken them up. So we're on mum radio now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not anybody's mum. That's not a problem. <laughs> they were my brother's children, not mine. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it sounds more like crazy aunt radio now. Yeah, possibly. Apparently, I'm not any good at flying. Really should give that up as a hobby. Mm. And proof that you're not made out of rubber, either. Yeah, it turns out. Who knew? Mm. So, moving on from that, Leicon. Yeah, yes. we finally got around to getting some tickets on sale. We put just over half of the um, bronze and platinum, so half of the sort of hotel rooms um, tickets out um and as we said before they sold out in half an hour which which was quick even by yeah. our standards um so the next steps um we need to sort out volunteers wonderful wonderful people that make the convention happen um and make sure that we've got rooms for those um volunteers who would like one um so that you know the event can actually run that's all good um, and then once we've sorted out all of those, we will be putting the rest of the, the tickets on sale. But I will be emailing and was it? we've got email, we've got Facebook, we've got Twitter, we've got Instagram. Uh, have I got any other? Oh, Discord, of course. Um, yeah. So I will be will be putting out on all of those those places when the next batch is, is due to go live. Of course, there will also be coming shortly um gold camping tickets will come out as well um so you can actually camp in the grounds of the hotel which obviously is terribly convenient if you're staying um you know to the to the event if you're staying on site um and then there are a whole host of other places to stay nearby so there are airbnbs there are actual bnbs there are you know hotels only five miles down the road there's there's loads of places to stay nearby so um it's certainly not a question of once the hotel rooms are filled up that's there's there's no point coming it's absolutely worth coming and if people um we can agree with one of the nearby hotels to have a bit of a block booking so people can all go to the same same place we've done that before and we get quite a good deal with one of the other hotels um and obviously if, if there's lots of people all staying at the same hotel um then you can all sort of share taxis and that kind of thing so it does make things a bit easier or get lifts with each other so karen are on um, what about the uncomfortable um, figure of cost? How much are the tickets and how much people need to put on their credit cards or save up for? Um, tickets, up. bear with me, I've got a list. Um, for a bronze ticket, so this is your day ticket. All of your activities are included and you get um, complimentary tea and coffee all day. Um, it's 
£21 per day. Well, it's £20 with a £1 booking fee, but yeah, £21 um, for the day. So that's your kind of basic come along, have a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, the And there is um, a bar where you can buy sort of bar snacks and all sorts of things. Um, and there is a pub next door as well that serves meals. So there's lots of options on food when you get there. Um, and then there's these silver, well, for a whole weekend, you can buy them separately as, as days, but I'll go, uh, we'll be here all day if I go through every single possible combination of tickets. Um, so for the silver weekend ticket is £71.50. Um, and that includes for both days, you get <clears throat> all of the activities, complimentary tea and coffee, um, but also a buffet lunch in the middle of the day, which is a sort of eat as much as you like, go up as many times as you like, um, buffet lunch. So that hopefully keeps you going a bit. And then we move into the tickets that include the hotel room. So the gold ticket um, for one. So this is if you're having a hotel room to yourself um, and you get all of, essentially all of your meals from Saturday morning through to sort of Sunday evening. So you get lunch on both days, you get breakfast on Sunday and you get Saturday dinner as well. Um, again, all buffet style. Um and as well, the obviously the Saturday night hotel room included in your ticket, as well as all the activities um, and sort of things going on. So that's all good. And that's £175 if you've got a room to yourself or if you're sharing a room with someone else, either a double or a twin, it's £275. And that covers both of you for the whole weekend. Um, and then if you're feeling particularly flash, as it were, and you wish to be one of our wonderful VIP platinum ticket holders, um, you get everything that the gold ticket gets. But in addition to that, you get a LAN pass, which means you can take your um, computer along, plug it into our LAN network and play Elite Dangerous or any other games. It is an online LAN, so of course you can access access online games it's a good enough connection if you want to do streaming from there or those kinds of things or watch other people streaming as it were um so that gives you your own your, your place in the land as well um but in addition to that you also get a bunch of exclusive vip merchandise goodies things that will come up with and give you that money cannot buy um only available to our to our vip platinum ticket holders um, so for that is the Princeton sum of £230 for one person or £385 if you're sharing um, in a room. And obviously each person would get their own pack of goodies. You wouldn't have to share the, share the goodies, just the room. Um, so that's there. And then for the camping ticket, so if you um, want the camping gold, which like the gold ticket includes all your meals and obviously the activities and what have you, um, that's £115 per person for the weekend right so yeah there's a breakdown for you um <laughs> I, I mean i i know this that we haven't actually got the full itinerary together yet we're, we're, we're just in the middle of organizing that no absolutely we've got a little bit of time but i but of course we've got got some plans already and obviously it, you know, there will be some elements that have worked really well in previous years that we, we're bringing back again this year. So we will have the wonderful Artemis Starship Bridge Simulator. We will have some VR games for people to play and try out different things or different kit or equipment. Um, we will have, no doubt, a live radio podcast, of course. Um, but other podcasts is normally, you know, the truckers have been known to do one or two things and possibly even a dockers if we're lucky. Um, 
Or unlucky, depending on your point of view. <laughs> you mean I'm going to say you mean unlucky, don't you? <laughs> ah, it's fine. I'll be in bed then. It's not a problem. Um, we have some wonderful authors who do some book readings and those kind of things. We've got workshops lined up. We've got talks and panels and special guests and wonderful things. So there will be plenty of things to do. Of course, it's a wonderful setting. And if you want to come along and simply relax in the pool, have a few drinks with your friends in the bar, maybe sit in the, the sauna or the, you know, the the um, jacuzzi for a little while. That's also fun. It's, it's a wonderful hotel and a lovely setting. And they're always really, really good to us. So we do we do enjoy going back there and being looked after. Uh, and uh, the, the the odds on chances of us uh, drinking the bar dry again? Well, I, every year I that they need more alcohol. I'm sure by now they'll they'll manage to stock it. But I'm sure that our lovely attendees will only see that as a challenge and drink. Doesn't that more, depend so. on if Sandro Samarco turns up or not? Well, it might do. It might do. <laughs> Maybe if he's coming, I'll have to warn the hotel specifically. Yeah, plenty of gin for... for well, it was gin, wasn't it? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> All the best people drink gin. gin. Gin for Sandy, whiskey for Mike. Okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's that's going to be uh, LiveCon. As you can hear, though, the, the wheels have started to turn and uh, the countdown has begun. Lord help us all. <laughs> Absolutely. No, it looks like it should be a, another good year. I'm really looking forward to seeing everybody, and I'm sure it will be brilliant fun. Okay. And uh, this will be the fourth yeah. one at Sedgwick or fifth one at Sedgwick? Uh, good question. Some? Yeah, let's go with some. I don't know. I haven't got that in front of me. <laughs> My brain's slightly reeled from dealing with all the things. <laughs> Yeah, hang on. This is the sixth LeaveCon, isn't it? I think so. Alan said seventh earlier, but I don't know whether no, we had, whether it's started, lost count or I well, have. The first one was twenty thirteen, wasn't it? Possibly. Hang on, I I, I have the key ring. Oh, uh, uh -oh. there you go. Hang on, hang on. I've got the key <laughs> ring right here. No, I'm not going to crash into a star. Right, LeaveCon summer twenty thirteen. Yeah. So this would be the seventh. No. So 2013, 2014, yes. 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 was last year. That was six. 2019 yeah. was seven. There you go. Oh, lucky number seven. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, what I love is that we get a real mixture of people that we've seen before who are, you know, you've probably been to all seven and keep coming, um, which is brilliant. But we also get a lot of new faces and meet new people in the community. So we get a real mixture. But no matter how many people we get, the atmosphere is so friendly and so welcoming. And that ultimately comes down to the community rather than, than myself or us as an organising team. Yes. I must admit, it's always very nice to catch up with everybody when we do meet up. Um, although, I must admit, I do get a bit confused when people say, you know, you look nothing like your voice, which <laughs> <laughs> happens every year. Okay, I, I was reminded know. of you um, last week, Colin, uh, oh. when Will was trying to do his Radio 4 BBC voice oh, God, yeah, on stream. And I thought, he does an excellent Colin Ford impression. Yes, thanks for that. I mean, it's, it's just, stop stealing my voice as well. Uh, yes, although Ed has said that they, they have not stolen my voice. Liar. Anyway, <laughs> I think, well, 
I think we're going to uh, move on to the development news now, Karen. So if you if you uh, feel the need to to run yeah, away, so go away. Yeah, yeah. That's I, what, I, that's I what might Colin need... is saying. saying. Go away! <laughs> don't need you anymore. You've done your bit. Go away is what he's really saying. I love you all too. <laughs> <laughs> love you, Karen. Thank you. All yeah, right. Thank, thank you for organising it. Karen. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a lot of fun. You take care. We'll speak soon, no doubt. Bye. Cheers, Karen. Bye. Karen. Bye. <laughs> And after that diplomatic faux pas, we'll move straight on to the development news. Um, okay, so we've got um, Frontier's interim, interim results for June to November 2018 have come in. And they do seem to be very, very positive. Um, who would like to talk about that? Well, there was a whole host of interesting stuff in there. Um, there was the snippets that was sort of publicly released, if you like, the, the first part of the article, which lots of people are focused on. And then there was a, a longer analyst report, which you could get if you signed up to the website and then downloaded the PDF and then cancelled your subscription. Right. Oh, yeah, the, the, the um, it's one of those free trial things. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah. So there's a few things interesting in it. I mean, one of the ones that was noticeable was they said that Elite Dangerous is projected by analysts, and I don't, I don't want to do the usual thing of, of presenting an analyst opinion as fact, mm-hmm. um, but analysts are projecting that Elite Dangerous is going to be bringing in Frontier £10 million of income every year until at least 2021. That is phenomenal. Which that means is less that, than it's bringing in at the moment, isn't it? It's, bring, it's bringing in about 15 a year at the moment, isn't it? Is that right? Well, they do say that this year they've had their best year so far with Elite Dangerous. When you oh. take everything into, into um, you know, all, the, all the, the skin packs and all that kind of stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, my initial thought to that was that is a lot of paint packs. Thanks, Kim. <laughs> I do wonder if that projection is factoring in a future expansion or if that's just based on their income revenue to date off the store. Well, that, that's that's one of the interesting little bits of rampant speculation, isn't it? I mean, we know that something is in the offing. Is that going to be in the projection or not? To tell you the truth, it's got to be really, hasn't it? Because I don't see them see managing £10 million worth of um, paint packs for the next two, three years. I'm not sure, though. Every Steam sale, it's still in, like, the top 15 or 20 games of every Steam sale. And its sales figures on Steam alone are pretty strong. Um, so maybe mm. people are just buying paint packs. And- well, one of the things I think Obsidian Ant pointed out on his post and on his video was, again, this is an analyst opinion, so believe it or not, um, is the analyst said the company's working on a number of updates for... Uh, both franchises, that's Elite Dangerous and um, Planet Coaster. And our expectations, again, not confirmed, is that we should see a big refresh release of Elite Dangerous in financial year 20. So it was the word big refresh. That kind yeah, of and the, the £10 million a year does is in that context. It's not in, it's not, that's not of existing players with existing content buying paint packs as they have been now. That's that, that figure is in the context of a big re-release in financial year, 2019, 2020. This, this new IP that they're talking about um, for later coming out later in 2019, they've confirmed that it has nothing to do with, with elite. Like it's completely different. 
They or... said it's an original IP. Elite okay. is an original IP. We don't exactly. know anything about it, but it, yeah. I'd be amazed if it was... I mean, yeah, it could be a tie-in with Elite, but all, all we know is it's not like a Jurassic World thing. It, it's something that they've created in-house. Well, right. for me, yeah, I mean, for me, it's to say it was a big refresh. Now, stuff like planetary atmospheric landings and space lakes, that, in my mind, doesn't count as a refresh. No. Um, but we, I don't but, know. They, they've, they've frequently said that Space Legs would, would be like an entirely new game. It, it would, I, I, in my opinion as well. I think that would be a, completely change the way that this 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 game plays. If there's if there's a um, if there's content around it um, built around the new uh, features like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean the refresh might be a possibility when you consider that um, there have been occasions over the last. Uh, six months to a year where they've we've asked questions about um you know why have we only got a 200 and 200 uh, or 500 command limit in squadrons or why have we got a um uh you can't multi-crew to an srv and they say it's technical limitations they might be trying to re- refresh the whole thing to get over those i think they could add another 10 year like development plan to the game if they were able to actually remove some of the technical limitations holding it back at the moment. And that, that is really great. That is one of the things I know we've talked about on the show because I know it's been on one of my particular soapboxes for, for a while is not making Elite deadly or anything like that, but basically refreshing the entire game from scratch so that it's significantly easier to add content and be more flexible. I mean, if you think about one of the things that people wanted, and then it was in the the uh, email that we got last week, where mm-hmm. people want a better group squadron content to stuff to do as a group of people. You can't really do that until you fix instancing. Mm. And if you can't do instancing, you then have to go back to basics. So to make it, and that's not just a rewrite of how of the. Uh, you know, as a game, that's a rewrite of the server code from the ground up to make that work. Yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely a, a a big job, no matter which way you look at it. Definitely beyond a, a simple expansion. That's a, uh, a yeah, like you said, complete rewrite. And and it gets to a point where, and I, again, I use the example because it's the only one I, um, <laughs> of the Guild Wars of Guild Wars. What happened there is they spent they got seventy five percent through the next expansion of Guild Wars 1, then they hit such a insurmountable technical issues stat, you know, on top of each other. I think there were, there were over 1,200 individual skills in Guild Wars 1. They had to balance, and then you could then have eight skills in your deck, and you then had to balance how they interacted with each other. I mean, that was just one example of how complex it got. So they basically said, we can't, expand this anymore because the cost in time and effort and the actual fundamental architecture of the game means we can't do it. We have to start again. Mm-hmm. And so it was more cost effective for them to start again than it was to try and flog the in quote dead horse of Guild Wars 1. And it just as I say, just triggers something in the back of my mind thinking, well, putting together all the stuff that Frontier have said, like how difficult it is to do the UI, how they can't really add um, custom UI colors because of the way it works, all little stuff like that, that kind of adds up. And you think, well, maybe to get Space Legs and um, Atmospheric Planets, how David Braben really wants it, they have to start again. 
Maybe. Yeah. It's, it's speculation alert, but you know. Yeah, it it, it is. I, I think you're I don't think that I think you what you say has a lot of there's a lot of virtue there. Like it um absolutely you could that that is a really plausible reading. But I don't I think an equally plausible reading is they've said that like several developers have said verbatim over the last four years, uh space legs would be like a whole new game. And the, and in that context, the words re-release makes perfect sense. Um, and uh, and there's been other couple of things like one of the community managers when when um, when uh, the the Hollow Me came out, one of the community managers said obliquely, "Oh, you know, this is part of our wider plan for for you further down the line, or something like that." So, so I don't know. Like you're, you're right, it could be that, but it could just as easily be we're gonna we're gonna re-release the whole thing. Um, well, it might be it might be a combination of both because if you think about it, um, you could do space legs and you could do that here, but what you would get is a placeholder version, and the real version, how they wanted it, could be a subsequent release. And also, what I was thinking about is that you don't actually necessarily need to throw everything from Elite Dangerous away. For example, the Stellar Forge galaxy map. That can that can be reused because there isn't too much. I don't think technically wrong with that. And people coming from Elite Dangerous to this new version would welcome the ga- galaxy looking the same as what it did in their game. It would help that feeling of continuity. So there are certain parts you can import. I wouldn't suggest bringing in commander data because why would you want to carry over the same issues? But yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I could see placeholder versions and then announcing a a subsequent version with all the bells and whistles. And also, by that time, you'll have the next generation of consoles out, which are more likely to be able to handle the um, load of a you know, super-duper elite. Thank you, just thinking. Well, the one thing that that would cause, it would be an awful lot of salt on the forums, for because what <laughs> would be the... Uh, uh, the outpouring of that for people who have paid, say, the um, <laughs> I hate to I hate to say this, but um, the lifetimes, the lifetime well, pass. One of the issues it solves, doesn't? It? Because you have that all that initial salt, and mm-hmm. you don't have to do it again. But again, looking back at the Guild Wars example, what they did is they had certain cosmetic items in Guild Wars 2 that you could only get by doing certain achievements and stuff in Guild Wars 1, and they they still flow through. So it's still worth your while playing Guild Wars 1 because you then got the stuff in Guild Wars 2. So by having that link, that incentive, whether it's a special ship skin or, I don't know, having uh, different color command, whatever it is, there are ways you can help that transition. You don't have to just, like, chop them Uh, up forget about them. That that's not what I meant. That what I meant was, um, I mean, if there is, uh, if it is a complete rewrite, it's actually a brand new game. Will you know the Kickstarter backers and the lifetime season pack, the lifetime season people, will they get that for free? If you see what I mean, because if yeah. it's elite, if it's elite deadly, it's not elite dangerous, which you backed. I personally don't see them releasing like. Elite Dangerous Mark II, a separate game with a reset galaxy. I think you might see huge improvements to the game engine of the game we're playing. 
but I think that would be while I appreciate you're getting rid of a lot of like hereditary craft, you can fix a lot of those sort of problems while keeping your data set. And like, can you imagine if halfway through next year they release a different game and all the people on distant worlds are like, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, are you going to keep running the old game while we finish this expedition? And do we have to do it all but over again? You don't, well, that's why I was saying you could, in theory, import the galaxy data into the new one so you get that continuity. Yeah, I don't think it would be a different game then. I think you're talking about a new engine on the same game. Well, this, we're talking refresh, aren't we? Not a new... Yeah, and that's what that's exactly what I think we'd see is a like the equivalent of Horizons, the next version with whatever features they're adding on, plus rewrite of core mechanics would be excellent. Well, also what I'm thinking about the stuff that would be good to get rid of is the whole engineering imbalance and the whole credit um, glut that people have, and so you are starting wiping the slate clean, apart from certain core bits. I can really see how that would be an attractive thing to do because you can either you don't have to worry about engineering, you don't have to worry about legacy mods or anything else like that. You just have a clean slate. Yeah, but, but it, may, it it might be a, uh, an attractive thing to do for uh, uh, the developers, but the players. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm there yeah. going. I don't want my ship wiped. I've got once, I've got a whole lot of stuff. Once you've given someone that plus 30 like your jump range you can't just take it away from them and go yeah but oh, it's a new it's game it. isn't it effectively it is well in, in the same way yeah, I, I fundamentally disagree with you on the fact that i don't think we'll see a a game that replaces elite dangerous i think we might see upgrades to elite dangerous. i i don't know either i'm playing devil's advocate here and you know for the interest of and hopefully interesting discussion um yeah, I don't know. I guess it depends on, on, on how much money they're prepared to throw at it because I think what we're talking about is in our dream version of Elite, we're almost sort of talking about Star Citizen but with Elite ships and a proper flight mode. Yeah, but that, that's, that's what Elite Dangerous was originally posited at. During the Kickstarter, there was even a there was even a, 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 an FAQ on what the main differences between Star Citizen and Elite were. People, I've, I've heard people say like, oh, Space Legs would make it just like Star Citizen. Of course they're not going to do that. But pe- people don't understand that, that that is actually the original aim. They both both games were were floated at yeah. the same time. To be- oh, I wasn't <laughs> talking about being the same as I, what I was coming from was just development time and cost. Oh, I see. What you mean. You look Sorry, at something yeah. like Eve Online though, that's had like ten years of running as a huge MMO, and they've rewritten their client engine three times and their server engine twice over that ten-year period. And every time they've done it, it's brought new players and retained lots of old players. It's definitely feasible to to just replace swathes of. I mean, basically, that's what we got with all of the planetary texture colors last year followed by the geometry updates at the end of the year and the q4 update um i think they'll they'll layer improvements on top like that and just hopefully they'll be able to do the same kind of thing with instant limits chat limits um maybe even like the voice com stuff it'd be nice if squadrons could have wings of voice comed pilots all working together yeah i think like planet side stuff we used to have platoons full of squads and all of those interrupting voice comms that would be pretty awesome in the wing 
it, it's the old broom thing. It's where you, um, where the handle breaks, you replace the handle, and then when the brush breaks, you replace the brush. But you still got a broom that works. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Effectively, it'll be broom mark two, won't it? Basically, I don't. I don't think aging tech has ever really slowed. I mean, some of the big biggest MMOs now run on very old tech. I, I, I don't. I don't think that aging architecture is. Yeah, you know, I'd argue Guild War Two is Guild Wars Two is is it sets a precedent, but it's certainly not indicative of the genre as a whole. All right, speaking as a developer here, I know the amount of crap that we have in our code that if we could revisit, we could speed things up a lot. But of course, it's, we've got we've got ten years of legacy in our code that you can't just nuke. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we did. We've done I mean, an update on our stuff that's taken about three years to roll out, and we're only now getting round to removing some of that stuff. And we're we're basically we're finding we're finding Java code being called by XML files, which are being referenced by JavaScript files, which are giving me a nightmare to debug. So would so would it not be again coming? Back to the thought, that will cost an awful lot to rectify and get those bugs out and still have a working uh, application at the end of it. So there becomes a point when you have to acknowledge that there's a sunk cost fallacy. You know, the, the sunk co yeah. cost fallacy says, we've spent so much on this, we may as well finish it. Well, actually, no, you don't. Sometimes it's better just to go, it's going to cost far too much to sort this rubbish out. We may as well just start again and do it properly. And that, I think, is the is the is the question. I think we are maybe considering here. Yeah. Well, this is, this is, is oh. yeah. This is the issue with that, that I've got with it because Frontier, I'd, I've, I've I consider it to be quite um, a cut above the rest as as far as developers are concerned. And I I have this this sneaking suspicion they've done things in a very modular fashion, so that. Fingers crossed, it would be a case of, right, that bit needs updating, so we slot that bit out, we concentrate on upgrading it, and then we 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 put it back in. I mean, without actually having an idea of how they work, <laughs> we are basically second-guessing, third-guessing how difficult these jobs would be to do. Yeah, that's true. I, mean, I think... What, it's not it's not just the the cost but also um what i see as being an issue is and, and I, i'm by no means a programmer um but uh, or a developer but i would imagine that a lot of these issues that they would have just from having um their code around for so long like legacy code and whatever uh, a lot of these fixes would require having the game shut down temporarily, um, have the, having the servers brought down. And I know they don't want to do that for any sort of extended period of time, but there's, there's, of course, there's good reasons for that. Um, I don't know if, am I right? Would these re actually require a shutdown of, of, of the game temporarily? or? Well, we get a shutdown of the game every time we do, they do a major upgrade. So right. it all depends on how long that would take. I mean, the the upgrades themselves normally take at least a day to uh, to implement. But um, I think that's the, the the time slot they allow themselves. And if if they take it the game offline for longer than that, then yeah, we'll, we'll get 
Well, does anybody need their, their road salting? Because we'd have plenty of it. <laughs> I, it <laughs> the other thing as a company that you, you need to be cognizant of and factored in, but you can't be scared of it, is the reaction from people when you release a product. Because you're always going to get a pushback whenever you change something. Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Mm. That, the, the wording is ambiguous, but it definitely it the, the message is overwhelmingly positive that Elite Dangerous has a uh, in what in whatever form has a long profitable future, and and FD are going to continue to invest in it. Yeah, I think at the moment there is an awful lot of because they haven't confirmed anything in writing, so to speak, like like. like Last year, we had the roadmap. Um, because we haven't got anything this time round, you can tell in the forums people are getting a bit antsy. Um, I mean, I was, I mean, I think all of us were um, watching the, the stream on Monday with uh, Sarah and Will. And um, there was an awful lot of, tell us about what's happening next. And the others were saying, we'd love to, but we can't yet until we've confirmed it. And I think this is this is a, a holdover from them changing from the season model, because before what they were doing, they were saying this is what's going to be coming in this season, and then David Braben sort of said, "Well, people don't like the season model, so what we're going to do is change that." And I think the reason we don't know is because they have changed um, the season model, and we're not finding out what they've got planned in advance this time. Yeah, I think that they're changing their development methodology, or rather their release methodology, has definitely led to some delaying communication. Maybe that's just been because it's taken them some time to work out exactly how they want to deal with the next release. Um, but maybe they're waiting. Give tell us, us some news. Maybe they're waiting to tell us at LaveCon. Could be. Yeah, Could be. be. Nice. Stranger things have happened. Maybe those yeah. first fifty uh, percent of ticket sales were all to Frontier. <laughs> could could be. I mean, one of the things that um, well, I'm normally I've I've said this before. I'm normally think if you don't have any news about an MMO, um, whether or not it's an announcement or a, a new content patch, in about six months, people really do start to think the game's going to get sunset. So I think they've got about another two three months before people start just giving up on it. Yeah, I agree with that. C Cynical me thinks maybe in the sort of spring or the summer we will get an announcement about a release that's coming towards the end of the year, maybe. They've come. <laughs> I, I, think, I think end spring is the latest we're going to hear anything. Um, just be just because he's you know Zach said six months ago, oh it's really exciting. We're working on a thing. It's it's going to be great. Everybody hold tight. Like sort of radio silence beyond spring would just be weird. Be being mischievous, they could say, well we actually told our plan to Ed Lewis, and now he's gone. We can't tell you anymore. <laughs> We've had to change it. Well, they had to. They they actually sectioned Ed off for about three months, didn't they? He yeah, said that in his last stream. There's that he didn't know what was going on because he'd been put into a different part of the office and and couldn't see what they were oh, working no. on. 
He was on gardening leave. <laughs> well, he did get his revenge, didn't he? Because as we, as we found out on the lunchtime streams this week, the spreadsheet and the bisquiz, that is Ed's IP. And um, it's got <laughs> winning, isn't it? <laughs> Do they have to license it if he leaves the company, if they want to continue? That was going to oh, be season four. That's why that's, that's why the that's radio it. silence. Yeah. Space biscuits. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah. as we did find... We might well have waffle reviews. Oh, please. Yeah, okay. Can I, can I just or point out... Or reviews or something. Yeah, Sarah and her pink waffle. Um, yeah, fine. Pink wafer! Pink wafer! wafer. Whatever. Because <laughs> everybody was calling it waffle instead of yeah, wafer. We were calling it waffle all the time. Yeah, and the one thing I should point out is please... Anybody, do not look up coloured waffles of no, any kind. No, 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 Alexa? no, 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 If anybody says, okay, Google or Alexa to that, I, I'm, I will oh. kick you off the screen right now. Are your kids around, Colin? Yes, are they are. No, shush. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on before this gets really daft. Um, obviously, the next thing that we've, we've we've got on our list is that the the first season of Squadron leaderboards uh, is over, and there has been quite a lot of um, yeah, quite a lot of upheaval uh, in, in the Squadrons list. I mean, there's quite a few of which you expect people to have won. Our friends, the the Hutton Truckers, came top in trade, uh, and the anti scene. Yes, and good shout to that. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if you want your space trucking done, always get no, a, tr- well, uh, a hunt trucker. Aren't they? Yeah, get a truck. You need a trucker. I yeah. couldn't help but notice uh, that the second place for for trade was uh, was Dead Horse Squadron. Uh, yes. So are we saying that the Hutton Truckers uh, were beating a dead horse this uh, this time I, around, or you're hired? Just <laughs> one second. I right, just noticed time we check have here. A, well, I just noticed we have a Zach Antonacci yeah. in the chat. Time, yeah, it is 21.32. So yes. at 21.32, Don Antonacci is hearing us doing wild spe- speculation. We've oh, actually dear. moved on from the wild speculation and are on about de- flogging dead horses. But you'll catch up sometime <laughs> next year, hopefully. Perfect. <laughs> so, I mean, some of the... Yeah, the fair play to the truckers. Surprisingly enough... The- are best at Xeno Defense, or the anti-Xeno initiative. There's a surprise. But um, we do have to salute the bronze winner, Thargoid Stole My Sidewinder. <laughs> oh, just... excellent. Oh, superb. <laughs> and we must also say hello to, to Yamix for actually helping the Hutton truckers by highlighting the free anaconda or that you get at Hutton Orbital. I, for one, Again. only support <laughs> The placing of a bar called the Free Anaconda at Hutton. Do it, Frontier. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Make it true. Now we have Zach on the on the on the chat. Yeah, Zach, we we are asking for a bar a bar at Hutton called the Free Anaconda. Look, we've we've got the Orange Sidewinder right here. Surely there's a Free Anaconda waiting for you at Hutton. (laughs) Surely. I mean, we know it's true. It's a legend. It is a legend, yes. And you know what 
they say about legends. So yeah, we've got um, the CQC Discord won gold. Uh, exploration was Fleetcom. Oh, I'm, I'm just going through the PC winners at the moment. Political was Winged Hazards. I'm not going to show how political works. Is that a power play thing? Because you've got um, power play below it. It's it's BGS related, I think. Must be. Oh. For, uh, Fair enough. I, I actually don't know how that works, but that's what I would assume. Yeah, so, yeah, the Winged Hussars also got Combat, who also the Anti-Zedio Initiative got second in that. Uh, and, uh, f yeah, and then there was Power Play, which does seem to be uh, won by uh, the Feds, because we've got two Federal commands right at the top, and then an Empire of who get bronze. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking through uh, the others where... There is the Pixel Bandit Security Force who came third in CQC. So hello to everybody at the Pixel Bandits. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's yeah quite a few winners. Everybody who won gets this little bobblehead thing, which which does look quite nice. It does. I I unfortunately missed out on the trophy. Um, I I'm playing on I'm playing Distant Worlds on Xbox right now. And I was part of the Distant Worlds squadron there, but I decided that I needed to create a squadron for, uh, linked to a, a group that I do um, BGS work for. So I dropped out of the uh, Distant Worlds squadron before the end of the, se the, the season was up, forgetting about the rewards that happen at the end of the season. And I actually, I logged in hoping to find that I would have this new bobblehead in my livery, and... Sure no. enough, nothing there. <laughs> so maybe next time. I'm sure. I'm sure. Distant Worlds will still be up uh, we, in, uh, near the top of the list for the next. Yeah. Do we uh, know season, if so. the rewards you get from being on the leaderboard? Do we know if they go away when you leave leave the squadron, or do they stay with you? Mm. Don't we know that yet? Mm, uh, not sure. That's that's an interesting one. I mean, if you if somebody who leaves a squadron. Um, who's one of these awards, let us know whether or not you keep your little bobblehead. I do believe that you keep the bobblehead for the length of the next season, and then they go at the end of that season. Okay. So, uh, that's the impression I was in. Season 2, everybody who's won something will have the bobblehead. Season 3 is whoever's won season 2 gets the, the bobbleheads. But, yeah. So, we'll move on here. Um, the next item we've got on our list. Now, as you know, um, in two days' time, on the 14th, it's Valentine's Day. And as a Valentine's Day present, Frontier have kindly given us a whole load of new uh, high-quality wallpapers. Now, uh, I must admit, I've looked through these, and I'm definitely getting the, the Thargoid one put onto the back. Um, anybody else seen one that they take the fancy? Yes, I'm going to get one from Mrs. Shan because she, that's what she really wants. It's a wallpaper. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Yes. <laughs> oh I'd, dear. I'd buy them if they were like wallpapers I could put up in a room. <laughs> yeah. Take up an entire they wall with one of them. Awesome, what resolution are they? Because conceivably, you could get them. You could, put, you know, have one of these posters printed of the image. Yeah, a giant for, printer, for, maybe for private use only, obviously, and not resale. But I don't know. Just get a canvas print or something. Yeah, <laughs> I think I, must... I think they're nice shots. Do we do we know who the um, 
who the photographer is? I don't think they're screenshots. Um, the one. No, of the, are they not the, screenshots? Well, there's there's one that's clearly art. Um, yes, there is. The there is one. one. And then there's another yeah. one which has the Orion Nebula. It has a ship in the foreground, and then the Orion Nebula in the midground, and then a planet in the background, which yeah. is plainly impossible. So, like, yeah. So, I think I, I don't think they're screenshots. None of them. No, I, they, they I, do I look swear that some of them were. Uh, they look okay. to have had some sort of post processing done on them because they right. are definitely in game internal. I'm just looking at some of the the soft touch and and the. I wonder if I wonder if they've been taken using the camera system they use for like filming their in-game um, like movies for the. Uh, it does kind of look like those, like the YouTube shorts and stuff. But there's yeah, quite exactly. a, there's quite a few here that look like they could easily have been taken in game. Yeah. Uh, now that, that I'm looking at them again. Is that mega ship the the Gnosis? Certainly looks like it. Yeah. Oh, that should keep Canon happy. Those mag <laughs> tin files. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I mean, um, I mean, to me they look absolutely fantastic. Uh, so, but then again, <laughs> I think anybody who control better than stick men is is uh, in awe of me, to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> or I'm in awe of them rather. Uh, right. Well. I think, with I the think... exception of two or three, they're they are they are in game. There are definitely some that are completely art, but um, a lot of them look like they could have been taken in game, and they're very good shots, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no problem. Okay. Well, Commander Ray Tracer. Um, one of the reasons we've got you on is that you'd like to talk about being a kingfisher. Yes. Um, now, I don't know if anyone is familiar with the uh, the hull seals um, on uh, that have kind of been formed during uh, Distant Worlds 2. The hull seals are providing a service to repair repair people's hulls out mm-hmm. in the out in the black. Uh, what the kingfishers um, do are, is 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 go out and rescue those who uh, commanders who have gotten their SRVs stuck. Uh, whether it's on the side of a mountain, you know, in some sort of a crevice, or uh, you know, trying to climb a building, which uh, at at one of the uh, one of the waypoints, which has happened a couple times this, or or if they've actually gone out into orbit with their SRV, uh, jumping off of a geyser or or something of the of the like um, of the sort, I should say, uh, and that actually we actually have had a rescue. Of a commander that that went into orbit off of a off of a geyser on the um, I believe it was on the quantum world one of the it's one of the smallest bodies found in in game it was one of the waypoints on distant worlds and we actually had to it was the hull seals that that ended up doing the the rescue because we've been working very closely with them we're we're still a very small group but we are present on all three platforms now which which is good we just need to work out. Um, getting uh, more members so that we can help people out when they need it. Uh, but it, it was interesting. There was a rescue that was made where uh, I think we talked about this. I think you, you talked about it last week. Not we, but you guys talked about this last week where they actually ended up having to drop in in front of the the SRV and gently nudge it back down towards the planet. 
so we're, we're providing rescues uh, similar to that. Most of the time, the rescue just uh, just involves us uh, literally just ramming the SRV with our ships to knock them you know off the of final. Uh, the the final result from that SRV who wound up in orbit. Did he make it back down to the planet? Is he alive? He did. He did. Yes. Uh, oh, there's still there's still a bug in game <laughs> where uh, if, once you're a few kilometers from this from the surface of the planet, if you're re-entering with an SRV, you get warped to the to the surface. So you don't actually have to worry about uh, using your thrust using your thrusters to land or anything like that. Once you reach a certain point. I guess it's just—it's uh, probably right at the point where you would drop in to uh, to um, from orbital flight. It, it drops your SRV back down onto the surface, right on your wheels. So, so uh, a, we kind of use that bug to our advantage for now. So a question about the hull seals: Then, is there a minimum amount of damage that they'll no. do? I mean, yeah, would you, for example, if someone's on ninety-nine percent hull? Will you turn up and tell them to grow a pair and come back when they're fifty percent <laughs> or something? Well, I'd have to speak to the hull seals about it. They they will do repairs for for any level, but they prefer that you contact them when you're when it's more critical. Um, but if there's someone in the area and you're at ninety seven, ninety eight percent, they'll still do the repair. It's not a it's not a big deal for them. They they enjoy doing it. So um, you can you can go on and there's a bot command on the Fleetcom server for for the hull seals, I believe that one is uh, exclamation mark repair. I believe I'd have to double check that. But anyway, the, there is a command for them, and w the Kingfishers actually have a command of their own now. If someone's looking for information on how to get their SRV unstuck or how to contact the Kingfishers, you can put down the bot command exclamation mark uh, Kingfisher, and it will show you a detailed information on what you need to do to contact us or you can just if you're stuck yourself put the put in the command exclamation mark stuck and uh, a kingfisher will be alerted you let them know which platform you on you're on which location you're at and they'll we'll get someone out to you as, as quickly as we can what we've found is that um, uh, more often than using our our ships to to get people unstuck, what has worked really well is is using our fighters because uh, they can get into the much smaller uh, smaller spaces, and because of the wedge shapes of some of them, especially the condor, the condor we found has been quite good for getting getting into tight spaces to sometimes actually lift the SRV out and wedge it out of a, a, a whatever like location it's stuck in. I have a condor, or I have condors myself on my ship, and I've used them a couple times to to get into some pretty narrow spots. And it's, uh, yeah, we've had a few rescues so far, but uh, we've had a lot of help, and we're really appreciative to the the hull seals who have filled in where uh, where we have gaps in our in our service right now, uh, just with having only a few members. But we, like I said, we are present on PC, PS4, and Xbox, so uh, yeah, we'll. Um, yeah, we're we're available to to help out. But if we're not there, then the the hull seals will also be around to help. I must admit, I am in awe of uh, members of the community that that do nothing but help other out other commanders. Uh, I mean, this is now three. We've now got the the kingfishers, the hull seals, and the fuel rats. Uh, which... There's a fourth as well, Colin. I think there's the rock rats as well, isn't there? 
Yeah, there's a, oh yeah, there's the rock rats. Yeah, I, are they still going? I thought they'd stopped. Uh, I haven't heard a whole lot from the rock rats, but I know there are still uh, members floating around. Um, I guess I don't know if they've had as much work lately. Actually, none of us <laughs> have had as much. None of us has, uh, have had as much work for the first part of the uh, distant worlds because we've always been uh, fairly nearby a station. I yeah. foresee us having a lot more work uh, from about Waypoint 7 onwards once we, um, or beyond Waypoint 7, I should say, because that's when we leave the core and start to go out to areas where there are no stations and you're, you're on your own out there. Uh, I, I, I foresee us getting quite busy because the amount of people that I've seen uh, saying, thank God that I'm close to a station so I can go and, and get repaired is quite high right now. We've got a lot of first-time explorers. We've got a lot of uh, first-time, or we've got a lot of new members to the game or new players that have joined on this on this trip. And I think they're going to be it's going to they're going to be in for a shock once we get out uh, really deep into the black. So uh, I, I I can see things getting quite busy in the next <laughs> little while. It's quite yeah, ironic. Go on. Oh, go on, John. No, I don't think it'll be getting out there. That'll be the shock because getting out there is relatively straightforward because if you like, the, the, the waypoints are given to you in advance and you just plot to them and you can make your way there. What will be interesting, as uh, Ed Lewis, God rest his soul, found out... <laughs> He's that, not dead! <laughs> He's not dead! That, um, he is to Shan and that's all that's right. simple. <laughs> anyway, as Ed found out, getting there was relatively straightforward, but getting back is a whole different right. kettle of fish when you haven't got a route back. Right, so right, that exactly. Will be interesting. Yes. Um, yeah, we ha we have a rough route, uh, but like like we've been finding out so far, we're only releasing the waypoints one at a time on Sundays, and you have a rough idea where you're going. At least going out there, uh, coming back. Uh, we're not sure whether there's going to be official waypoints just yet. They're they're being uh, tight-lipped about that. But we know it's going to be roughly following the route that, uh, or at least the, what they've used as a comparison point is the route that the the, uh, the Starship Voyager took <laughs> returning to uh, to Earth. We're going to bring a whole load of Borg back, are we, with us? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find something out there. And then, and then have no <laughs> celebration at the end. We just yeah, exactly. It. Yeah, it just ends. Yep, basically. Great. So, so basically, <laughs> very epic well, if you, well, if you bring the Borg back, you can just throw them at the Thargoids, and I'm quite sure that they'll, yeah. they'll get on like a house on fire, or yep. literally put each other on fire, which would be quite oh, nice. Yeah. We have our equivalent of the Borg, the uh, the Guardians. I, I know. I think they're a little more benevolent, but uh, but still. <laughs> yes, uh, I must admit, I do enjoy going around the the Guardian beacons because they are absolutely massive and beautiful, and uh, yeah, all inspiring, really. Um, but. Moving on from there, uh, obviously we've had newsletter two six one. We've had quite a few interesting things in there. We we actually got featured in the feature commanders stream last week with uh, Will and Paige. Uh, they mentioned Lave Radio, which was which was very nice of them. Thank you very much. Um, also, they covered the, the end of uh, the squadron leaderboards. Um, what did everybody think to the Mamba skins? I have never picked up any of the Pulse 
pack. This is the Pulse uh, packs that came yeah. out, or are there are other ones as well. I, I no, only it, was, the it was the Mamba Pulse packs. See, I, I never, I never got any of the Pulse packs for any of my ships. I, I do admit that these ones look nice, but I actually, I quite like the uh, the base, the stock paint on uh, on the Mamba myself. But uh, I don't know. It's not the Pulse ones aren't for me. Uh, mm. I don't think. Yeah, they don't appeal to me either. And one of my friends took one on um, a deep exploration trip somewhere, and he hated it. He couldn't wait to get back just to change the ship skin on his ship because, <laughs> like, the ends of his ship glowed in the darkness or whatever, ruined all his screenshots. And... <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I've got the um, I've got the the midnight black uh, mamba skin, and I've never seen a ship that looks so good in all black. It, it looks like. It looks like the bat plane. It's awesome. <laughs> so you, basically, what you want to do is fly in front of a, sh- a sun and do the bat signal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would be nearly bang on as well if you got the angle right. I reckon. So there's the challenge for everybody. It's mambas in front of things when tribute to Batman. <laughs> Which goes back to the Lego Movie again. But moving on. Um, <laughs> Also, we'd like to salute Commander Anthony Hunt for his fantastic blueprints, which um, have been doing the rounds. Um, you can find his blueprints at, uh, on Twitter at, at achunt, all one word. Uh, I have to be very, very, very careful. careful because uh, as anybody who knows uh, my ability to mispronounce, well held, Colin. <laughs> So yeah, it's it's usual uh, live um, usual um, uh, newsletter. The one thing that we should point out from now on, and I wasn't aware of this, um, newsletters are now coming out once every two weeks, not once a week. So uh, I mean, I don't know whether that means that they're only going to update the paint jobs once every two weeks, but uh, I, I guess we'll wait and see. I thought it would be. Um, I thought it would mean that the newsletters were longer, but it looks like it's. Judging by the last one, it doesn't. It doesn't look any different to the 2018 newsletters, just less frequent. They are a community manager down at the moment. That could that's be true. the reason why. That's a good point. Yeah. So, and also the the way Frontier choose to deliver information has changed because when we think about the newsletters, I remember the dev diaries and all sorts of stuff like that and a newsletter would take you a while to well not a while some minutes to read um whereas now we get the communication through the the forum and twitter feeds and social media and other stuff like that there kind of almost isn't the need for that dev diary update style newsletter yeah yeah, I, I I know. I mean, normally uh, we find that the developer streams that uh, come out occasionally, they're, they're normally a, a heck of a lot more informative and helpful to the community than the than the newsletters. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I must admit, if they are taken away, I will miss them. Even though they, they you know, we've often said that they're not substantial. <laughs> They're, uh, <sighs> they're nice reading of a Friday, though. Yes. They are. A nice bookend to the week. <laughs> I, I tend to. I, I'd like to just show you what paint skins have come in that week or that 
particular time because the store, I think, has got so many skins in now, it can be tricky sometimes to work out which are the new ones and which are the old ones, unless it's yeah. me. Oh, no, I think, I think we're just getting old, Shan. That's, that's... <laughs> <laughs> we can't keep track with all the all these young people. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I normally do. Um, okay, so uh, Commander Ventura, can we go for uh, a couple of adverts breaks and then we'll come back with uh, a little bit of rampant speculation. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> On the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier and your gas tank really really big what do you want i want fish wait what that's right fish carp char chub jack loach crabby monkey prickleback sole snook snake tang wahoo wabagum banjo banga snook soul shad scat Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw. Hooma, hooma, nuka, nuka, wappa, wappa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. And welcome back, everybody. Um, so... What we're going to do tonight, we've, all, we're, we've actually gone through quite a lot tonight. Um, yeah, what we're going to do is we'll quickly go around uh, everybody uh, to answer the question, what would be the one small thing that you would like to see in the game? I'm not talking about Elite Version 2, because I think we've discussed that to death already. Uh, but something, something quick uh, and easy, something like the global chat, which came in with 3.3. Uh, which I think everybody agrees has been a, a fantastic addition because it makes it f the game feel a lot more populated. Um, does anybody want to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll have a go, just so I can get two in. Um, okay. First one, what I hope is really simple, and that is a temperature gauge on the FFS scanner screen. So you don't end up accidentally cooking your ship while you're scanning, or maybe even a replica of the radar, so you can ascertain if you're about to be intercepted or not while you're in the screen. So something that you know helps your situational awareness. Yep, here, here, great shout. 
And I have heard of a couple issues of that, yeah. And the the, the second one, um, probably not as easy, but more controversial, is being able to join more than one squadron. Yep, definitely. Squadrons is a ghost town because that feature doesn't exist. Like, literally everybody in this room, basically, when Squadrons came came out, most of us were like, oh, yeah, cool feature, cool feature. Well, I won't be really be using it because I can't, I can't be with the squadrons I want to be with. Like, Sagittarius Eye has something like four members in its squadron because everybody's got so many, and everybody's been like, oh, I really want to join, but my first my first um, loyalty is with X or whatever. Yeah, I totally get that. Uh, agreed. I, I was uh, saying earlier that I had to leave the uh, um, a Distant World squadron in order to run the, the BGS for, for another squadron that I work with. I just wanted to link the BGS information to my um, to my squadron screen, and and so I had to leave the distant worlds when I lost all of the uh, the waypoints that get posted there automatically. They automatically post the bookmarks for for the upcoming waypoints, mm-hmm. which was a really convenient feature. But I, I just don't see the 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 need to only be subscribed to one squadron. I don't know why that was a a thing that was in, implemented. It, it it does mean that it's vastly like under, underused. Squ- squadrons is something that suffers well, suffers or benefits from a network effect. So in the same way that Facebook is more successful the more the more people that are in, on the network, squadrons is more useful and more and 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 more um, rewarding as a feature the more people that use it. And I feel like it's being woefully underused at the moment because nobody really uses it. Yeah. Well, obviously, some people use it because we've got leaderboards. But um, I, I would contest that they are not as used as they as they could have been, nor are they as deemed as important as they could have been. Mm. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll have to we'll, we'll have to see whether or not the um, the fleet carrier uh, will actually, you know, um, invite more incentive. For people to join certain mm-hmm. squadrons, so that could change things somewhat. Yes, mm. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I quite like the fact that that squadrons could be linked into power play and to to local um, lo- local factions. But uh, I know where everybody's coming from as far as that's concerned, because um, I would do want to be part of Lay Radio. I do want to be part of the Hutton Truckers. I do want to be part of the Anti Zeno Initiative, but I can't be a member of all three at once. Which yeah. means those those other those other groups are lacking your membership. So their and their their figures for you know so so, so now they uh, they don't have the benefit of you being in their squadron because you can't be in more than one. Well, I mean, just even being a guest, so you can see the chat and be involved yeah. in the chat would be good enough. But um, yeah, I think that one. I, th- I think that one is is a, is a a big topic to discuss for a later time. Well, we um, did it in a previous episode, didn't oh, we? No. Where, We've gone over it so many times. We're right with negative meters for that one. Yes. <laughs> so, the minute feature I would like added is you know, when you've like dinged your SRV and you're right next to your ship, so you mm-hmm. just get in your ship to repair your SRV for free. Yeah. Let me have the option to repair my ship off the menu when I'm under my ship so I don't have to get in it. You're just oh. lazy. Yeah. That is so lazy. <laughs> it, it, it's, 
it's just two loading screens for no reason. Just I'm just want to repair my Savvy, damn it. <laughs> that is so lazy. <laughs> yeah. For immersion. You for asked immersion for a little feature. feature. <laughs> That's a little feature. <laughs> it is a little feature, yeah. That's true. It's quite a specific use case, I feel. <laughs> yeah, it happens a lot. You go you go cram all the Guardian missions requirements stuff off a planet and you're forever backwards and forwards, aren't you? Also, you've got SRV repair in the synthesis. They've already provided you with a loading screen free way of repairing your uh, I, yeah, but you so don't I can go spend... around and get the materials, don't yeah, you? Yeah, so I can spend yeah. an hour gathering materials or I can spend Oh, eight come on, it doesn't take an hour to gather the SRV repair materials. They're like the most common materials there are. It's like one iron and one carbon or something. Okay, Ben, do you want to take us back to Squadrons for a second? I was just going to say, one thing that I would love to actually see with Squadrons, and I agree that Squadrons does feel like a ghost town, because no one's talking in it. You know, I remember back when I played um, SWOTOR or WoW and things like that, and Guild Chat was non-stop. Um, yet... The problem with this... Elite is, you can't be playing the game and talking in chat at the same time, can you? And so the opportunity to be, like, bantering You can't if you're doing, if you're doing VR, but... No, anyway, I, I agree with Ben. I totally see what Ben's saying. And that, that, that's what I the... meant by that nobody uses it. I didn't mean nobody's a member of a squadron. Yeah. I mean, nobody uses the chat function. Nobody uses it for communication. Yeah. The chat oh, function... Okay, yeah. you know, I, I like what they're doing, but... And I'm not a game designer, I can't say, but... Whatever we've got at the moment for for the chat is so broken just now. I honestly and think it's a, that, that that is such a pain like, to use. It's just I, I, the problem is people really doing communication in game, like in real time, are just chatting on Discord, aren't they? These days, not just with Elite, but with most games or Teamspeak or Ventrilo, people don't really use in-game chat beyond like organizing what they're doing at any given moment with a n other person that doesn't have to be on voice comms with them and just take what um i forgot who it was who mentioned it it is very difficult to type and fly at the same time because i mm. because i and again harping back to guildles too that's the same mechanic it's a very kinetic way of playing it's very active you, there isn't a lot if you're in the middle of a fight you can't pause the fight to type something so, therefore, people ask you a question and you end up seemingly ignoring them because you're in the middle of this fight and you just haven't had a chance to, to chat to them. And Elite is, is like that. There isn't a lot of downtime unless you're in Super Cruise. <laughs> but you can, chat but you can't type like in Super Cruise. Yes, you can. Yeah, you can. A lot of time in Super Cruise. <laughs> like, come on. There's... Yeah, but you've got, like, you, you start typing something, then you go into Super Cruise where you're spinning up, then you... Then that gets lost as you jump into Super Cruise. Then you type in another half sentence, but you've lost the half sentence you had before. And then you jump out to Super Cruise, and you've lost the half sentence you're already bloody typed. So what you're saying is, Ben, is that Hutton truckers should have the most active clan chat of all. They really should, actually, while you're going off to <laughs> Yes, precisely. And, and please spare us thought for the console owners. Have you ever tried to type anything in chat oh, with the God consoles? Bless the console and, the uh, VR, and the VR users. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah. Bluetooth keyboards, aren't you, for consoles? You can actually have the keyboard for consoles. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, okay. You can actually have you can actually have a USB keyboard. Uh, that's what I use. Yeah. For a console. So. Ray Tracer, you you've got your own little suggestion. Yes, uh, mine relates to the galaxy map, and when you're trying to filter for a station type or a star type, possibly a um, a type of service, you can easily filter for them, but it it's not so good about showing you what the nearest one is. Uh, usually that's all you're looking for, is the one that's closest to your location. What I'm looking for is something like EDDB or Inara, one of those um, sites provides for you and just gives you the closest one to your location. Um, I'm going to chip it, in It doesn't here, seem like it would be... That's the same as It doesn't as seem like point. it would be that difficult to... Yeah, sorry, maybe I missed that. No, but, no, uh, no, you didn't. I, 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 just, I was basically... My small feature that I wanted to see was basically identical. The reason that they don't do that for many of the searches is because it, um, it's limited to ones that you've already visited. So, for example, if you're trying to find a raw material trader, you can filter for it, but it won't show you any near you unless you've visited one already near you. So the right. of okay. EDDB or whatever is that it shows you any of them. So my right. small feature was going to be remove that stupid requirement to, that you have already visited them because if yeah, you've already because visited it's... them you don't need a system ser- you don't need to search yeah exactly it's not well, known it's not known to you but it is known to someone and that information you would imagine would be would shared, be shared. Yeah. Yeah, exactly if, 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 if one I... of those Go on. sorry it's one of those things isn't that's completely counterintuitive to how it would be in quotes in real life because you you don't if you if you go to a, a town you don't know and you want to pop into Sainsbury's or someone like that, you don't need to go to visit Sainsbury's. You know, there's a Sainsbury's there. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> you look it up, don't you? And the same with the and so also with the material traders. It's interesting to know how the material traders have specifically and strategically positioned themselves well away from the engineer that needs them. <laughs> yeah. I, I spent about half an hour today. I, I, I went into about 12 industrial systems looking for one that sold, one that had a, um, uh, a manufactured material trader. And exactly. it took me like 12 to find one. And I was like, I filtered for it. It's frustrating because just show it. Like if, if I look for if I'm looking for a garage, I don't go into a florist and poke my head in speculatively and say, Any cars? Any a mechanic? Like <laughs> got any cars on the back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it's not it's not a trial and error thing. You just look it you just look it up, don't you? So that, the problem that is... with it is that with the material traders, they are only found in a system that that is it is one one station type. And some of the station types are listed as a mixed economy. Uh, like it might be industrial and extraction in that system. Yeah. But, it, but you need to, it needs to be one or the other. Or like a, refi- sorry, a refinery for raw, raw materials or an industrial for um, manufactured, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but it has to be just that one economy type. If it's mixed at all, there won't be a material trader there or it'll be the wrong type. You know, so precisely, yeah. So uh, it's, it's frontier. If you're listening from Rotator and I, just show us, just just let us, just just show us where the material traders are. <laughs> Drop the requirement that we've got already Bas- visited them. It's really irritating. Basically, what I'm getting what I'm getting at is is I'd like uh, less reliance on external tools uh, for the game. There are some fantastic external tools out there. I I agree, but. A lot of this stuff could easily be. I mean, I'm saying that without knowing what would be involved technically. Um, it just seems like it would be easy to implement them into the game and make it 
the quality of life so much better in the game. Yep. Hell, hell, can you not find the <laughs> EDDB and pull the data from there? <laughs> yeah, precisely. Yeah, Frontier, you could just, just use just your use own web API. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when you're searching in the galaxy map on services, why don't you just look for material traders using that? Try it, mate. No, just try. That, that's, it. That's well, what I can't. I'm in the middle of. No- I'm in the middle of nowhere. But <laughs> well, yeah, I've used it okay with um, Ryan and Shinata Devra and places. Yeah, well, I know, but you've, you've visited them. them. Yeah, it only shows you the ones you've already visited, which is oh, yeah, right, okay. useless. Yeah, there are yeah, likely others in the area, but you wouldn't be able to see them unless you've been there. You okay, sorry, I, I missed system. that side of it. Yeah. So if, if if you're looking for an alliance system, you can search for alliance systems. Yeah. The alliance systems, whether you've been there, whether you visited them or not. If you're looking for a specific yeah. service, and I don't know if it's true for all the services, but it's certainly true for true for materials traders. It doesn't show you anything unless you happen to have already visited that materials trader. So okay, that's yeah, that's kind of amazing. Yeah, it seems <laughs> arbitrary, right? Yeah. So that they've also got the thing. worst PR company in the world. They should sack them and. <laughs> Get a better business <laughs> representation in the galaxy. That's why I say. Exactly. So, so, you've put here owls. You want pet owls? What are you? You're you truly trying to get onto Harry Potter's good books or something here? Uh, it just it just amused me to to type irreverent things into the chat that were okay. So, so that's it. Silverine would like owl bobbleheads. If anybody's the owl from the BBC Micro as a homage to the owl. <laughs> There you go. Well, you see, I was thinking about when you sent Olympia out to collect something, it could be an owl, couldn't it? You could send Olympia oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Give us owl limpets. It's something that MMOs normally do. Like, two or three years into development, they normally use pets. Like, when are we going to get pets for Elite? It's going to happen, yeah. isn't it? You have. You've got crew members and ship launch fighters. They're your pets. <laughs> Shad's crew members are definitely his pets. <laughs> I want a triffle. Open the just open the game. I want a trumble. Yeah, no, no. trumble. I want a snow yes, leopard. We want trumbles. I want no. a magnificent <laughs> snow leopard. Well, I've got a couple since we've already discussed the the free anaconda bar. Um, obviously, the, the the number one on my list is a looking for wing. You just like you have a looking for multi crew. I think one of the main things that's missing here is a looking wing. Um, and the other one's a bit controversial, really, because as considering the amount of stuff that's been going on in the forums at the moment, I would like commanders who have notoriety to be visible in the galaxy map as a little red icon. Oh, like so in GTA, like in GTA. Yeah, because basically that would tell people that there's a naughty mm. commander in that system, and it's up to you whether you want to avoid them or whether or not you want to go after them. Mm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I think it, I, I think that's quite a good idea, but you should make it so they appear even if they're in a solo or private group. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. And then you force them to be in open. No, 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 just so you can follow them around. So when they do get open, you're ready for them. <laughs> oh, can you, imagine, can you imagine the salt if you said, ah, oh, no, as soon as you've got notoriety, that's it. You're restricted to open only. <laughs> <laughs> I think oh, the idea is fantastic. It's a really, really fun idea. I mean, that's just an extension of the top five bounties in this system feature. It could be. I mean, that it's already a... exists. So, it, so Frontier have already, in in principle at least, signed up to the idea of emergent player hunting player bounty hunting system. 
So the red dot would just make that easier. There, mm. there is actually a plugin for the ED Market Connector external helper app. Oh, I called Hots. And uh, what that does is, if you jump into a system and there have been players killing other players in that system when you arrive in it, it puts a giant red warning in the middle of the screen saying this system has had like X number of fatal player kills in the last... Yeah, I've heard of that actually, yeah. I don't use it myself, but I have heard of it. I that. used to run it, but it doesn't work with my streaming setup, so I had to kill it in the end. But yeah, mm -hmm. if you Google HOTS for EDSM, it is just a tiny little helper app that will run alongside EDSM. And wasn't the wasn't the one that would actually alert you if certain players were in the system before you went in? Oh, do we really want one? to? Yeah, do we really want to touch on that? Because basically, we've just had yeah. so many complaints about brigading and things like that already about the fact that they've now got block lists and kill lists and oh, I, I, I think just that's don't a go bit there. too much of a hot button issue right now. <laughs> Personally, mm. so yeah, it's quite yeah. A one. <laughs> we've got one for Grant here, which is requiring toilet breaks so commanders can then decorate their own bathroom in less than 12 months. <laughs> <laughs> now, who, put, who put this There's going to be a space bar called Cow's Bathroom before he finishes <laughs> that bathroom, isn't there? Isn't that cubicle three in Artanometer? <laughs> Shit, see, there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and the other one, who put this one in? NPC and player ships look the same on the scanner. God, we had so many arguments about this way back when, at the be beginning of Lave Radio, about whether or not they should look the same on the scanner. Who wanted it like that? I I put it in for completeness, just for the <laughs> just 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 for the lols, really. <laughs> the lols. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, ben, what's this cockpit kit? So I would love, and I I know people are going to hate me for it, but I would like to be able to decorate my cockpit. You know, I've gone off and bought a shiny anaconda. I want my, you know, obviously you keep the anaconda the same, but maybe get rid of the wires, give me a, a Pepsi machine in the back or something like that. Yeah, and just cockpit kits. Half a billion credits, and Gutemeyer will. Oh no, 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 no! Not half a billion credits. It's going to be like <laughs> seven pounds, seven, eight, eight real world pounds. <laughs> yeah, obviously available only on the Frontier Store. Then so extra points. Extra points for saying Pepsi machine and not Coke machine. So. <laughs> well, that has double connotations, doesn't it, with a Coke machine? Yeah. <laughs> I see unicorns. <laughs> Commander Starion in chat has just said, ye gods, could you imagine Cubicle 3 with elite oh, feet? Yeah, Starion, <laughs> just picture the worst bathroom in the world from train spotting, And then double it. And make it 0G. <laughs> oh, 0G bathroom is bad enough. Oh. <laughs> well, obviously <laughs> the vacuum in it will fail. You can tell, dear listener, that we're getting on in time in the show. <laughs> the quality of the debate we started off with the sunk cost fallacy and now it's completely degraded into some kind of carry on kind of into, cost into literal bathroom humour <laughs> yes you walk in there take a deep breath and yes that smell is brown anyway <laughs> 
<sighs> yes, Benny Hill. <laughs> Shall we move on? I, I think that will, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the quick, uh, the quick improvements. Um, now we've got Commander Machine with a one instead of the I has done some nice uh, machinima. Is that how you pronounce it? Machinima. 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 Yeah. yeah. Has anyone ever heard that word said? Because I've only ever seen it written. That's the first time I've ever heard nope. anyone say it. I think no, I've only I've ever seen it written it as well. Oh, we've all shared it's this just moment. pronounced yeah. video. <laughs> yeah, it's on a YouTube video. Yeah. Well, he's, he's created a, um, uh, a machinima, uh, which is called Episode 1 Wedding Bilge. So we'll put a link to that in the no- into the show notes, and uh, I hope everybody enjoys that. Um, yeah. We've got um, listener commander Bull News, who Ben bumped into at, oh my goodness, what? How do you pronounce this one? You just put this one into the triple <laughs> what, what did you just say? I actually thought you were going to ask me to say it, Colin. No, I'm not. Well, yes, I am actually, because there's no <laughs> way I can manage that. Okay, Sound so it Bull out. Pich- <laughs> Sound it out. Right, well, no, don't how that? Right, how the hell? Sack Akawaya? It has a silent Q. Oh. Sack Akawaya? It's To me, it's a misspelling of Sacagawea. Is that the Native American? Well, that's spelled with a G. This one's spelled with a Q for some reason, but it is otherwise the same spelling. It can be error. Apparently, no, that, that is actually how it's spelled in in game. Was with a Q. I don't okay. know. I don't know why. It, well, it, it, is, based, it is based on Sac- Sacagawea, the the uh, the native the okay. figure from native mythology. Or I, I actually, it's actually a real person. Sorry. Well, Sacagawea. Commander Sacagawea or something. Well, Commander Bold yeah. of Petunias is making a blog of his distant world two travels, so we'll put a link in the show notes for that. Um, obviously, Lavecon, if you hadn't already heard, is between the fourth and the seventh of July. Hopefully, the second round of tickets will be available soon. Uh, our sister station Hutton. Radio broadcasts on Thursday at half past eight GMT at tvforthemug.com and radioforthemug.com if you just want the audio. Beware of Cubicle 3. Uh, and of course, um, on the Discord at Dis- Elite, oh, CQC <laughs> Elite Dangerous uh, is where you'll find the CQC Discord for when you want to arrange a CQC match. Um, they've been quite busy uh, a lot lately and uh, uh, it does seem there's an awful lot of death matches happening, but not as many team matches as there used to be. So, um, but if you do want that rating up, it's always good for a laugh. Uh, right. Now, one thing we do have to say is thanks to everybody who's been putting up with us on Twitch because uh, we have had an awful lot of problems today. Um, we don't we don't know what's caused them, but it, it seems to be okay now. And um, yeah, does anybody have any other business before I wind up the show and we hand over to the most excellent commander Witherspoon and his Galnet News? I'd like to take responsibility for the technical issues. Seems like uh, the two times I've been on the show so far, we've had technical problems both times, <laughs> and we've had two major snowstorms where I am uh, both times. 
Ooh, I've been on the show. For those as well, please. Yeah, sure. Uh, my you. apologies. I'm so, Canadian, so, so I apologize very, very profusely for everything. <laughs> Not staying with stereotypes in any way whatsoever. No, of course no. not. Um, right, well, if, if that's it, then that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio, or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come and hang out to chat at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at uh, half past eight GMT, most times, and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So, we'll thank Karen, who turned up earlier. We'll thank Commander Raytracer. We'll thank uh, Ben. We'll thank Commander Kurgle, Commander Shan, and Commander Silverine. And uh, thanks to everybody who's joined us in Twitch chat. So until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life Commander Witherspoon buffers the news so you don't have to. Jeez! <laughs> Digest, 12th of February, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news. No survivors after lunar base attack. Ares vanishes. And her money vanishes too. Tharg on holiday. Fuel Rats report. Call out hotspot. No survivors after lunar base attack. A top-secret federal research base has been attacked and all personnel killed by unknown forces, leading to fears that nuclear secrets may have been stolen. The Federal Intelligence Agency has for the most part been tight-lipped. 
but senior agent Rochelle Karim has made public the following facts. The base was a lunar base, presumably meaning it was on Earth's moon. The base was built using stealth technology to make it hard to locate. It appears to have been conducting nuclear research. Whoever it was that attacked the base used access codes to bypass security, suggesting that it may have been an inside job. There was no indication of a forced entry. All staff at the base were killed, using hand weapons. The FIA is said to be baffled at what the motive for the attack was and whether anything, be it a power source, a weapon, or just secret information, has been stolen. They're understood to be conducting a fingertip search of the site and will report their findings soon. Heiress vanishes and her money vanishes too. Lady Talitha Ambrose, heir to the Ambrose Foundation, has vanished, and so has all the Foundation's money. The 300 billion credits of the Foundation's wealth has been described by the institution's accountants as not there anymore, after a series of anonymous transfers shifted the entire fortune to untraceable accounts, believed to be in a number of locations throughout the galaxy. The foundation, which comprised the old money of a number of noble households, had been involved in charity work as well as investing in large corporations. But with a bank balance of precisely zero, both the charity work and the investments will be put on hold for the foreseeable future. It's unclear whether Lady Talitha has absconded with the money, or if she was taken against her will and forced to make the bank transfers. Or indeed, if the thief has her thumb and her retina in a cool box, rendering the remainder of her ladyship superfluous to requirements. Tharg on holiday. Tharg the Mighty, Lord of Polaris, Emperor of the Call 70 sector and Prince of the Pleiades has not been paying attention to his plans to conquer humanity. In fact, Tharg hasn't been seen in the Pleiades or the bubble recently, and there's a good reason for that. Tharg has enrolled on Distant Worlds too, and although he was too late to be included on the official roster, he's been enjoying the trip. He nearly crashed at the view, and he marvelled at the collection of wonders, although he decided to give the Guardian Ruins a miss. He's flying in Fleetcom, because he's heard there are undesirables lurking in open, and he's here for tourism, not combat. When will he turn back? When will he return to the battle with humanity in the bubble? Tharg isn't quite sure himself. But he'd like to see the Death Spiral. That sounds like Tharg's sort of system. Fuel Rats report call-out hotspot. The Fuel Rats, the Galactic Helper Rodents, described by a Pilots' Federation official as mobile scoopable stars, have reported a spate of callouts to Hutton Orbital. This is believed to have been the result of a February's Fool joke, 
by a well-known Holovid presenter who put a new spin on the 100-credit anaconda myth, encouraging new pilots to take their stock sidewinders on the 0.22 light-year, or sometimes 0.21 light-year, trip to Hutton for their free ship upgrade. Although Hutton Orbital has indeed been taking pre-orders for 100-credit anacondas for some time, it's been unable to fulfil any of them due to the unfortunate lack of a large landing pad. Even more unfortunately, stock sidewinders, unless refuelled at Aldin Prospect near Alpha Centauri A, are unlikely to have enough fuel to travel the fifth of a light year to Proxima Centauri, where Hutton Orbital is located. The fuel rats have been rescuing those who became stranded and offering them a free paint job using the tartan paint that's fortuitously held in stock at Hutton Orbital. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to.